It's season five of The Classified Lady, and we're living our best lives because we're real about who we are and what we like. You're on the mic with Dr. Race, the global mentor coach. I don't know if you remember Fantasia's interview. It had a lot of people talking. As a woman, I didn't find anything offensive or wrong with what she said. People judged her comments, bringing up her previous relationships. But it doesn't mean there wasn't wisdom in her perspective. Take a listen. Today, you guys have a special guest with me, and we're going to be talking talking about the Fantasia interview from September of last year. There was a lot of controversy online about it. And if you don't know, it's out there. It's on YouTube. She did one on Breakfast Club, but then also it was like a six minute video of her and her husband and he dropped some golden nuggets. Yeah. But folks felt some type of way, <laughs> some type of way. So first I'm gonna let Miss Devorah Warren introduce herself, tell you a little bit about her and y'all gonna see why I asked her on. <laughs> talk about this interview when well, she hadn't heard about it till I told her she was just like oh my god this is <laughs> so tell the people about yourself okay good morning Dr. H thank you so much for having me on the show I am Deborah Warren for your listeners I am co-host of a podcast called Sister Girls Chat and we also have a Facebook group on uh, Facebook called Sisters in Christ um, Girlfriends in Life and so I am also a life coach and trying to coach those faith-filled women to success teaching them how to walk the walk of faith and just use everything that God has given them in his word use biblical principles for their success, either personal success, business success, or whatever. And so I am so elated to be on this show talking about this topic because with our podcast, This Girls Chat, we have actually done this topic last year. I did not know about the Fantasia interview. And so when you shared it with me, I was elated to hear it. And so I am just like chomping at the bit to have this discussion. So yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think part of the challenge with the interview, if y'all don't know about it, let me lay some foundation for you. Is a lot of the reason there was a lot of controversy around the interview and comments about it. It was about the she was basically sharing about the role of women in relationships, you know, and people took what she said completely out of context, you know. But men and women are like they jumped on the bandwagon. They had lots of things to say, especially the men. Men got on the bandwagon was really excited about the whole wow. submission thing, but they missed everything that her husband said about their role. I, I found it very interesting how people focus on what Fantasia had to say about submission. Oh. The men really loved that part, <laughs> but they totally missed what, what her is. husband had to say in the six-minute video. So if you only watched the Breakfast Club interview, you was out bad. Right. You got to see the two together. But even if you just see the one her husband did that she did with her husband and, and listen to the nuggets that he was, he was dropping bombs in that oh thing to me. Oh and I God. loved it because it was amazing to hear a man talk about submission in that in that regard. Right. And he was he just shared so much. You know, she talked about on the Breakfast Club, the woman being the neck and how she was mentored and women was telling her that you're the neck and the man not being able to move his head without the woman. Right. They work together. Yeah. And she was right. And so yeah. people were talking about, she was like, oh, you two need to try to be a man. She did say that, but you missed the whole point about the neck. And that's true. You are the neck. You can't be the yeah. head and the neck. No. That's not how it works. And so people right. took a lot of stuff out of context. And I think what was so controversial to a lot of women was when she talked about the generational curse of women being taught to be strong right. and to be the man in the house. And that's true. She was not wrong because we've seen that so many women are having to play dual roles, especially in African-American communities. Yeah. There are not a, a lot of two parents. 
households, you know, at least I didn't grow up with a lot of two-parent household examples all the time. And so it's not our job to leave the house, but unfortunately that's what we've seen and that's what we continue to see in a lot of single parents. And so, you know, if you grow up without a father in the house, you're not going to agree with what she had to say, but you can't relate to that. And so I think there was a lot of stuff and some of the stuff I just was looking like, who hurt you? You know, some of it was just like, baby, who hurt you? Because where did this come from? One girl was like, y'all can't give me advice on nothing because some of y'all in abusive relationships. I was like, well, where did that come from? Because she talking about that it's like I I didn't understand you know it's not to say that the man does not have this place because they do Mm -hmm. now for me I grew up again both my parents divorced so I grew up with step parents so when my pops came along my mom let him leave as best he could Mm -hmm. but there were areas where he couldn't leave so guess what she had to do she had to step into that so guess what she still so even in a two parent household there's occasions where that man don't know how to leave and so the woman might truly desire for that man to leave so she can submit to his leadership. But if that man don't know nothing about leaving a household, or if he can't lead himself, he can't lead your house, or he can lead to a certain point because that's all he knows to do. The woman is still back into a role of leading a certain part of the house that she wasn't supposed right. to be doing. So even in the presence of a father or a man, if he lacks areas where he can't lead, that woman is still right back into that leadership role. But again, I think that's where is, you know, you got to learn to work together yeah. and find out those three, and the conversation that needs to be had. Here's the challenge I think I find out. I, I, I want to pose it to you. Why we feel that submission is such a bad word? Like, I mean, you hear the word submission and folks think you done cuss. <laughs> Yeah, it is a four-letter word, trust me. Yeah, and, and I think part of what you said already, Dr. H, is the fact that when we grew up, because I know for me, myself, I grew up with my mom and dad up to a point because when I turned 15, they got divorced. So when we were a complete family, my dad took on certain ro- the role of the, the, the head of the household and he right. provided it. And he brought his check home and my mom did what she did with it and squeezed blood out of her turnip and <laughs> made sure everybody had what they needed to have. Right. But when we got divorced, because there was that anger there, mm-hmm. you know, because of how they got divorced and the things that my dad did, and then of course he wasn't there financially. He didn't want to be there financially to help right. take care of us in the household or whatever. So she had to do a lot of things for herself. So once she had to get step into that role, that full role of being the male and the female in the house and providing, there was a lot of anger that came with that. So yeah. one of the things I remember her teaching us was, you don't rely on any man. For I that dependent attitude. Same message. Right? My mom said the same thing. Right. Same thing. Don't because you don't know you. how to take care of yourself. Now you got to figure out exactly how to step into that role and do it when you've already had, when someone's always been doing that and you trusted them to take care of that. And it was, you don't depend on nobody. You you find a way, you make sure you can take care of yourself. Yeah, and so, and so I grew up with that. I grew up, don't depend on a man. They can't not be trusted. They're not gonna do what they say they're gonna do. And so I was the youngest in my family, so I got it more than, you know, our two older siblings, they were already gone by the time this happened. So myself and my sister, two years older than us, we grew up in that. And so we were indoctrinated in that. And so that's the mentality and the mindset that we had growing up. And I remember after my divorce, 
and I was listening to Focus on the Family talk radio show going to work. I remember. And he started talking about submission and what it meant. And he said, I understand that women have an issue with it. He said, but let me explain it to you. Let me give you basically an analogy to right. help you understand how that ro those roles are supposed to be played out. And he said simply this. He said, God made you partners, right? You were equal. You were joint heirs. You were co-heirs. You were given, you know, this world to subdue. And he said, the only difference is, one, that man is physically strong. Than you. He said, but as a leader, the only thing is, it's like a dance. Somebody's got to lead. That doesn't yeah. mean any one of those people in the dance is more important than the other one. It's just one of them has to lead. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Everything else is equal. We are all equal. And so I was like, wow. And he said, a lot of women are going to have a problem with that because, and you know, receiving this whole idea of submission because it has been indoctrinated. And I knew that it resonated with me. And so, you know, then I prayed and I said, God, I don't want to have a, an independent spirit because what he explained too, he said, when you have this independent spirit, then you're not just independent when it comes to men. You're also independent when it comes to God. So you can't even have a dependency on God because you hadn't learned to have a dependency down here on earth. And he said, for your sake, right. you have to have a dependent mindset. It is not a lesser position. Right. It is a position. It's a good position. So that was the first eye opener that I had about submission and, and right. my mindset started to change. Yeah. Listen, I think that the problem is we've been taught that it's a sign of weakness. Yes. And one of the things is you can be a strong woman and still submit. Yeah. Because it has to do with what's in your heart. Right. You know, that's a heart condition. I love the definition that Fantasia's husband gave. He said submission is supposed to be a beautiful song and dance between two lovers. That's what it. has happened is men have abused that gift and have been misled to think it means dominance. Oh yes. my God. Yes. He yes. went on to say that building, he talked about building himself up as a godly man uh -huh. and staying connected to God and how that's the right way to lead. I mean, he says so many powerful things, but I don't know why men got so caught up in the submission, the whole point of submission, the woman submitting to the man but missed the point of how he leads and that's what he was saying he said and this is i was just like wow he said you don't lead from your genitals right you lead from a place of understanding and he was saying how submission is solely about trust and she talks about submission from the perspective of how the man demonstrates leadership which makes submission easy and that's true because the bible talks about not submitting to a fool that's a whole different conversation show topic. because your decision in men got everything to do with you yeah. Not dealing with your baggage and your right. stuff. Right, exactly. You know, the things that you've been taught, but that level of trust, and I think that's why we've been taught that submission is a bad thing because there's been so much broken trust. Uh -huh. and pain. That's why I'm like, a lot of the comments was, I just was like, who hurt you? Right. What, what PTSD do you have yeah. about relationships and submission? And you see a lot of movies, when it comes to submission, it does depict dominance. It yeah. does see submission from a perspective of, we're a team, we're a unit, yeah. I'm building trust, I'm leading properly, I'm not, you know, I, it's not, it's not from a perspective of, I'm the man, I'm the king of the mm -hmm. castle, you're my I, slave, I, do what I want to do. Right. And that's kind of been traditionally, unfortunately, what we've seen a lot in movies and television shows, in in, you know, even up mm -hmm. to the day, which is why I think there's such a, a fuel for being independent mm -hmm. and having this independent attitude to where I can get whatever I want as long as I take care of myself. I don't care if that man is married. Right. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I just want what I got. 
I just want what I want in that moment and that's it. So it yeah. leads to a lot of other de degrading things. So my main thing, the thing is, if you, you can't submit to yourself, you're not gonna submit to anybody else. And so do you trust you? Because right. if you don't trust you, you're not gonna trust anybody else. And that that person could be like walking on water like Jesus. Right. <laughs> but that trust thing there. So I wanna talk about the whole underlying point of what he said about submission really being about trust. What are you mm -hmm. doing to cultivate trust in your relationships? Right. And so what are some things that you know we can do as people, as individuals, to cultivate trust in relationships? And I would say even go there say before you can cultivate trust in a relationship with another person you got to cultivate trust within yourself because yeah. a whole lot of people walking around here don't trust and love don't first of all they don't love value and appreciate themselves right. let alone trust themselves and right. so they look at other people through the lens of the level of distrust they have right, that they have mm -hmm. within themselves which yeah. makes submission even harder absolutely because they're coming from if you and, and that's that's i mean it's epic what you're saying because trust is i think at the heart of it and it's trust, it's so many different levels of trust and relationships of trust. First and foremost, as God said it to me, because after I could get past, you know, what I learned from Focus on Family, then I had to have a, you know, a conversation with him. And so he kind of softened my heart through that so that I, you know, had broken up that feral ground so I could receive what he was saying. And what he was saying was, first and foremost, Lord, it's about trusting me. You don't trust everybody. See, first and foremost, you cannot submit to everybody. Right? right, as Fantasia's husband was saying, as I submit to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, then she, then I am a good enough person for her to submit to, because she shouldn't be submitting to anything. And God is saying, you don't submit to anything. If he's not submitted to me, then you don't submit to him. If he's That's submitted right. to me, then that means I can change him and make him into something good. But if you don't trust me enough to know that I have your good in place, mm -hmm. woman of God, then you're not gonna be at a place where you can trust a man. But right. as God gave it to me, he said, I don't want you trusting him. Cause I said, put your trust in no man, trust me only. I will tell you points in time when you can trust a person, That's a right. man, a husband or, or, or a friend, or even your parents or whatever. I will tell you by my spirit who you can trust when you can trust them. Right. And so as you are walking with me in relationship with me, putting your trust in me, then I will guide you. First of all, right. I guide you and I will give you eyes to see and ears to hear what man should be your husband. And then yeah. when you, you listen to me and you said, okay, I'm gonna accept this man as my husband, you become his wife, then I'm gonna show you what situations you can trust him in when you watch situations you cannot. But because you went into it with a man that was already submitted to me, because I'm not gonna lead you to a man that's not submitted to me, that's because right. you already know he submitted to me, then you know you can trust him within this relationship. Right. And so that has to be trusting God and then trusting in this husband that God has given you and continue to walk that walk. But if that trust is not there, this will not work. And right. the trust is not there a lot of times because of the past hurts. We hurt people. Right. Hurt people hurt right. people, right? right. <laughs> you have men that have been hurt and not have dealt with their stuff. We have, like your show and my show, we're always out there helping women. We're talking to each other. We're counseling each other. We're encouraging each other, empowering each other, you know, giving each other knowledge, wisdom, understanding about how to walk this walk. Men don't have the same thing. That's right. Right? Right. Well, so, they don't communicate the same way. That it's just right. the way we're brought up. At, we're, we're brought up two different ways of thinking and living. Even if you're in the same house with brothers and sisters, the brothers, the the, the sons uh, are going to get raised and get different advice from the girls. You know how we that said shapes. That. 
this is this is how we said in South Georgia. The girls are raised, the boys are spoiled. Because my brother was the oldest, is the oldest. And my brother could leave out the house. Saturday morning we did chores. Every Saturday morning that joker would leave out, not do his chores. I had to do chores. Then he'd come back home, nobody said anything. They say, what? <laughs> so they're spoiled and we're raised, right? So they get the freedom to go off and just, you know, it's all about me. So I, you know, I fully understand why they feel like they supposed to be lording it over us and dictating whatever some of them. And because there are some men who like Fantasia's husband, they got it. They understand. Right. And I'm sure he had to come into that knowledge and wisdom of that. Right. right? right. But right. because he wanted to, because he had submitted to, to God. And right. so then the God, then the Lord could have a conversation with him and say, you know, you're wrong with that. Let me right. correct you on your understanding and your mindset about how you do this. This woman is not yours. She is mine, right? She don't belong to you. She don't belong to you. She right. is mine. I'm lending her to you. I'm trusting you. As a good thing. So right. I give you favor. But if you're not treating her as a good thing, I'm not giving you that favor. If she can't trust you to do it right, then all that that comes with her, you're not getting it. But there's, like you say, all that trust that has to happen. She's got to right. trust herself. She's got to trust the Lord and trust that man that he's given her. But then also we are, we're missing in the, um, all I can speak for is the black churches. Right. Because <laughs> I grew up with that. Now, non-denomination, now we're, you know, multicultural. But growing up, when the foundation got set for me, and I'm so sure for other men, especially my age or older, that foundation got set when you were younger. You had from the pulpit, and you still have from the pulpit, and we've had shows on this one, from the full pulpit, people are teaching people wrong doctrine, right? Because rarely do you hear preachers saying, oh, you're a partner. God made you. If you go back to the word, and I did a you know study on Genesis when he made male and female, he made them. He gave it to them to subdue this earth and to rule over this earth. And the only time that changed Dr. H was when the curse happened. Then the curse happened and he said to, to the woman, now, because before it wasn't the case, now your desire would be for your husband, but he will rule over you. So right. ruling over only came as a part of the curse. Right. Because before the plan was not for him to rule over her, it was supposed to be partnerships. Yeah. And after Jesus come and he's reconciled us back to God, now the plan is not for uh, him to rule over us, but it's back to partnership. And that's, that's where we're right. supposed to be back in partnership. I think one of the challenges in developing trust and relationships, specifically within yourself, is peeling back the layers of what of the walls, all of these different walls and layers that we put up to protect ourselves when really we're we're aging ourselves in. We're keeping ourselves away from everything that we desire or that we say we desire. And so now we build up these walls and now we're trapped within ourselves with all of our toxic thought and all of our toxic behavior. And now when we meet people, we just unleash all of that on other people. And we don't realize that we are the common denominator. It's not everyone else. And so people can't trust us and really don't want to, you know, really fellowship and come into any type of unity. You cannot have cornonia, unity, any type of fellowship with other people. If you are toxic. And so a lot of times all of these walls and all these layers that we built up around ourselves have become toxic to us. Right. And so now we don't trust other people because we can't see clearly through all of the layers that we have built over our eyes and over ourselves and not realizing that once we take all of that down and that mirror is shown to us, we realize that, oh, all of that was me. Right. And that's why I don't trust people because all of that was me. I was projecting all of my mistrust onto other people. Now that's not to say once you do the work 
to start trusting yourself and trusting God that, you know what I'm saying, you won't be led to the right people or that, you know what I'm saying, that's not going to be tested because, yeah, everything in life is going to be tested. We on this 8 billion people on this planet, child by everybody ain't saved and don't know Jesus, okay? Let's be real, okay? And they probably won't, they gonna, there's going to be people who won't reject them. That's all right, okay? So, but the reality is, whether you know Jesus or not, trust doesn't have anything to do with Christ right. to a certain extent. If you want to trust yourself, you have to be willing to take up a mirror right. and really do the hard work to look yourself in the face in the mirror and see yourself as you really are. Peel back all of those layers and come up from out of hiding and say, you know what? Deal with the PTSD of your life. I don't like when people use, oh, this happened in my childhood, so that's why I am the way I am today. You are a grown adult at this yeah. point. You need to make decisions right now that you can't keep using what happened to you in the past as an excuse for why you are the way you are right now, okay? Just because you don't like how your grandma submitted or how your mama used to do stuff, okay? Or maybe that's how they did it became PTSD to you and now you on the opposite end. That don't mean it's right. right. You got to find a healthy way to deal with what happened to you and that's it starts with, listen, if you don't know where to start, invest in a coach, go to counseling, you know, if you are a Christian, go to your church and see if your if your count your pastors have counseling available. You can really start peeling back those layers and figure out why you are the way you are, why you do the things you do, so that you can start trusting people. We put a lot of our happiness, our joy, our peace who we are in somebody else. And that's not somebody else's responsibility. Oh, I'm just looking for somebody to complete me. Right. What universe does that work? Ain't cause nowhere, <laughs> why would you put that much control and power <laughs> in, in, of yourself in somebody else's hands? That don't make no sense. If it ain't Jesus, no. I wouldn't care if I'm married. If it ain't Jesus right. and they not submitted to him, I'm not looking for nobody to complete me. It's Christ who completes me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that says that you're a dependent. Why would a man want to marry a dependent? He's looking for somebody. What are you bringing to the table? So even though you're submitted to his leadership, he's probably looking for somebody, okay, who can I lead? Because I'm not looking for a dependent. I'm looking for somebody who can help me lead, but I can lead as well. What you bringing to the table, sis, other than hip thighs and some dips? <laughs>
right. what your what was God's original plan right. for the male and female role, for the husband and wife role. Once you understand what that original plan was, okay, now what do I need to do? Because if it's supposed to be a partnership, what do I supposed to do? What am I supposed to be bringing to this partnership? Right. And consistently bring it. And like you were saying, you know, with your, your mom and your stepdad, it's like, Partners mean there's some areas where I'm on point in and there's some areas where I don't know. There's some areas where he's on point in and some ways he don't know. And so we're supposed to be coming together, That's filling right. the gaps so that the the relationship is a complete relationship. But it doesn't it can't be a complete relationship if you got two incomplete people bringing it together. You got to be complete in yourself. He's got to be complete in himself. Then you have a complete relationship. Right. Yeah. And and I think that that's where we've gone wrong. You know, and again, again, you hear so much in these movies. Oh, you complete me. me. Y'all get out of them Harlequin romances and and, and these movies. I I don't watch romance movies and stuff because it's not real, honey. You mess around and see you come into relationships with with this fantasy mentality. And then some of us are so in love with the idea of relationships and marriage and love that we don't educate ourselves on what it takes to work and a mother. And don't get me wrong, you may have never been a wife and a mother before, but that's why the Bible talks about the older women mentoring the younger. One of the things that was profound to me that Fantasia said in her interview was, I was taught by the mothers of the church. My aunts and all of these people, we don't have the older generation really mentoring the younger generation, mostly because the younger generation got an attitude. You can't tell them nothing. You also, when your grandma 40, your mama, maybe <laughs> 30, 20. No, seriously, that don't, there's no, they still living and figuring things out. You know what I'm saying? Because we have a whole generation of teenage mothers. You got television shows dedicated to pregnant at 16 and all of this kind of glorifying stuff. And so you don't really have a lot of that mentoring that used to happen where you have that wisdom passed down. And so I was glad to hear that wisdom passed down because I, I heard that too. You the net, that man can't do nothing without you. Right. And he without a neck nothing what's the neck without a head a dead body right so either way you still together and one is and you still but again you just got to make sure you get the right head on the right neck and vice versa why otherwise you got a big old head on a small neck you got a bobble head you know what I'm saying? Like, it, think about it. You know what I'm saying? Them bobbleheads and a small head. It's like, what? Or you got that thing like Beetlejuice, which is just all different kinds of things. Why? Because that's, that's a sign of dysfunction. Somebody somewhere along the way engaged in a relationship with somebody they weren't compatible with that they weren't prepared for because they didn't understand the role or didn't understand their role as an individual in a relationship. And I, again, it goes back to, are you submitted to yourself? Do you trust yourself? What relationship do you have with yourself. I used to have an employee who would say, who, who said, she didn't know how to love herself. She didn't know how to date herself. She don't know how to go out and have fun by herself without a man paying for it. I was like, so you don't go out with your girlfriend? She was like, and I was like, how do you know what you like and what to look for a man if you don't love yourself and take yourself out and find out what you like to do and what you don't like to do? Oh, I just like to go eat. Well, what kind of things do you like to do? Where do you want to go? Like, you got to expose yourself to stuff. And that was strange to me, but that let me know that there are people out there who really think that way. And so, again, you don't know what you bring to the table because you can't even communicate what you like. And you're in a relationship and you're trying to figure it out along the way. That's not. So a lot of times I think we don't do the work that we need to do to prepare 
Right. Full relationships. And that's why I'm saying, like, peel back them layers, sis. Right. Yeah, because it makes a difference. It's not a bad thing, but you got yeah. to peel back those layers of right. you. Right. Yeah, you got to own your stuff, right? Because, I mean, we all want what we want. But, right. you know, what God says in his word, he says, don't think I'm delaying this. I'm not delaying it. I'm not delaying the promise, right? Right. It's not, you're not ready, basically. If I, I'm, I'm, I'm not letting it come to fruition because you're right. not ready. I don't want you to miss it. And and I remember him having a conversation with me and he says, I'm holding up because I'm divorced. So and I've been divorced just as of <laughs> right now, <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? And he said, I'm delaying it for a reason because I'm working on you. And one of the things he worked on me was with that sort of self-love. You know, I was born into rejection. So I'm coming from a family environment of rejection. Yes, so if wow. you're rejected from the, the people who are supposed to love you most, then like you said earlier, you're projecting. You're projecting yeah. not just distrust, but you're, you're projecting rejection back on people. So you have relationships not working out because you're not a healthy person going into the relationship. They're know. never gonna work out. You're, you're, you're sick and you hadn't got healing yet. So it's not gonna work out. So as I'm saying, okay, God, what's taking so long? It's been 20 years or before it came 20 years. It's like, it's about to be 20 years now. Right. <laughs> what we doing? And he said, trust me. And that's when he gave me scripture. And he was like, trust me, I'm holding this thing up. And, and the reason he said it, he said, because if I brought him now, you're gonna project rejection back on him. And he's gonna call Taylor. You know, get hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. And you can mess somebody else's life up. And again, and you will get dead. And that's how submission becomes a cuss word to people because you're damaged, and so you project that damage onto other people. Now this person is damaged, and so now they don't want to submit, and now it creates a whole spiral and cycle, and that's how sometimes it's generational, because you had a problem with it, and and, and the one before you, 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 and now you got, you know what I'm saying? And so again, until you do that work to really become whole as an individual, and know how to work through your triggers. Yes. I think one of the reasons why submission is also a bad thing to people is because what they've been taught and seen wrong about submission is now a trigger. It is. It is. And they don't know how to deal with those triggers because they won't go to counseling or get you a coach or whatever to talk about those things. Exactly. And I, I don't know how many times I could say this, counseling is not a bad word. That's it not a bad word. But I grew up in the black in the community, in the black community, black folks don't go to counseling. That's white folks. I mean, I'm a, that's how I grew up. That's, that's what we, I grew up with such a way. We don't go to no, we don't go to no count. That's white folks. They crazy. We right. crazy. But the right. reality is you doing more right. than thinking that way you need to get what's up here out so you can realize how ridiculous your thoughts are because your thoughts shape who you are your thoughts shape your reality as a man thinks so is he and so where's the dysfunction coming from what's up here how is it getting up there by what you see here all the things that you're exposed to right and then those limited beliefs that got projected onto you right that you were taught growing up like for me the rejection you know it's gonna be hard so i you know what i thought was it's gonna be hard boys only want you for one thing yep they don't really want anything they don't want to either get your body or they want to get your money yep. one of the others that's all they want and they all they do is lie and not you know so you grow up with these limited beliefs 
And we don't even realize it until, like you said, you go to counsel, you get a coach, you get with the with the with the Lord, and you get a relationship with Him where He can download, and you're spending some good quality time with Him because none of this stuff can happen overnight. It cannot, right. right? So you gotta have the right mindset. You gotta have the heart, right heart set to be able to receive from God and and hear Him say, "Okay, we got some work to do," and allow Him to do that, and not you know push against that, but allow Him to do that. And feel okay that you're not perfect because you're not. None of us are perfect. No, not one of us. So when he's starting to say, hey, we need to work on some stuff, receive that. Because the quicker you receive it and the quicker you let him work on it, the quicker he can move you past. Trust me, I am a witness. So we have moved past a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. But that came from letting go pridefulness and arrogance and saying, you know, I don't know it all, right. right? And then letting those old traditional ways of dealing with things, the old mindsets, the old limiting beliefs, letting that go and saying, you know what, Lord, I want to do something new. I don't want to keep doing what we always do, what Mama and them always did, and that's right. Know, pushing stuff underneath the rug and shoving it up under the rug time and time again. I want to be better because I realize I've been doing some jacked up stuff in relationships. So right, I- right. Well, y'all, I'm telling you, we had some great stuff that we have covered today about the mission and that Fantasia interview with she and her husband. If you have not seen it, it is from, I believe, September 21st. Uh, go out there. It's on YouTube. Listen to six minute video. Very powerful. Some great stuff. And I really think that, again, deal with yourself and stop trying to put all of who you are in somebody else. That is dangerous. Yes. It is foolish. Yes. And that is not God. That is God. There's nothing that says put everything you who you are into a man, a person. You know what I mean? We're supposed to be so hidden in God that that man is searching for his toe, his toe, his good. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> so if you so wrapped up in God, trust me, taking care of you. And if you not saved, listen, you still got to be so wrapped up in your own self-development, your growth, and what you are bringing to the table. Y'all have heard me say this before. I'm not preparing a table. The, all the things that I enjoy to just let any joker sit at my table. Ooh, I, I yeah. just anybody sit at my table. I don't care if I'm dating you right. or if this is a platonic friendship. I'm intentional about my relationship. So if I got this table spread with everything that I enjoy in life, everybody's not going to be exposed to it. Because I put in the work to put, to bring this here. I know what I'm bringing to the table, baby. And I'm making sure whether it's in friendship or intimate relationship, you worthy of sitting at that table. You got to get to that point, ladies, to where you have that mindset that, oh, I ain't letting just anybody sit at my table. This, this, this. I put in some work and some good stuff mm-hmm. at this table, honey. This, this ain't no them them frozen little one ounce lobster tails that you can get. <laughs> baby, I went to Maine and had this flown in. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like when you yeah. get to that point, you yeah. know that you know that you know that, oh, you start sizing folks up based mm-hmm. on the standards you created for that table that yeah. you got spread out, laid out, ready for somebody to sit and dine up. And now you can say, you're worthy to dine at my table. Yeah. I invite you to sit. And yeah. Be exposed to what I have to offer. And you know that you got something that you bring it to the table. Oh no, you screening people completely different. They saying be harsh and rigid and be prideful. That is not what we're saying. But I'm saying when you know you did the work to be the best version of you possible. And you know you bring something to the table. Don't just let any joke. And you know what? Let me tell you what God told me about that one. And it blew my mind on this. And he said, he said, you're not your own. Right? <laughs> the word tells you, you were bought with a price. 
He mm -hmm. said, I paid for you. Jesus said, I paid for you with my life. God said, I paid for you and I sacrificed my son through my son. You do not belong to yourself. So you can't give yourself to nobody. They have to pass my standard. Wow. I'm, you belong to me. I'm the only one can give you to anybody. And if he is not willing to pay the cost, he's not willing to give up something, whether it's his pride, his arrogance, his old dirty ways, or his old crazy mindsets about things. If he's not willing to give up something for you and pay a cost, a bride price is what he said. That's right. paying the bride price when he's giving up something. He said, so you don't get to tell, get to decide what man is going to sit at that buffet table. I get to decide it, right? By my standards. So I said, right. oh, okay. He said, because when he gets you, if he ain't getting you and seeing you as a good thing, then I'm not giving that favor over to him because you come with favor. Right. You come with favor. And you got to know you packing it. And everybody can't get all that because you're not graceful for everybody. You're graceful for the one that God says you're graceful for, right? So good. that's all for today, ladies. Perhaps Fantasia's perspective is old fashioned and that's why I didn't have issue with it. I'm a little old fashioned when it comes to certain things. It's okay if you disagree. If you disagree, how's your relationship track record? Ladies, you've been on the mic with Dr. H, the global mentor and coach. Thanks so much for listening. If you have some topics you'd like to hear or if you need a coach to help you achieve your goals, send an email to info at globalmentorcoach.com. Again, thanks so much for listening. Keep it sexy, classy, and modest as you spread lots of love and light.